What Will Hardy wants to see from Taylor Hendricks. Hear from the head man what he wants to see from the rookie. Plus, Ryan Smith tweets. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, equal housing lender. Ryan Smith bomb. I think it should join Woj bomb, Shams bomb, all of those major tweets because he sent this one out on Tuesday and it got people going. Downtown Salt Lake City is the heart of Utah. Our efforts are not about an arena. It's about revitalizing a downtown that desperately needs investment. Imagine a downtown experience like this with the NBA and NHL at its core. With an arena rendering. This is huge news. There is discussion on Capitol Hill about how they're going to finance this arena, but the big thing and what I choose to focus on for the tweet and it as a public statement is that downtown Salt Lake City appears to be where they want this arena and where they think that the future of the entertainment part of Smith Entertainment Group is going to be. I want you to hear from Ryan himself because he talked about the latest on NHL and where he's at with that league with Holly Rowe, front row. You can listen to it right here on this podcast feed, Ryan Smith, on this very topic. But him talking about this is clearly relevant to where the Jazz may play. Well, first of all, um, I think it would be wildly successful here. I mean, hockey's not something that is new to Utah. I mean, whether it was the Golden Eagles, whether it's the games that we're playing, whether it's the Grizzlies, um, we've known about hockey. I think what's limiting to Utah is a little bit um, ice time, um, really branding ourselves as um, like a hockey spot and destination, um, which is kind of ironic because we've done that with every other winter sport here. Right. We're the winter sports capital of the world in many right. ways. Right. Makes so there's, sense. There's, there's been a missing piece. Right. Um, and we're actually, I think hockey is one of the only um, Olympic sports that isn't training here full time from the Olympics for us. Right. And so it's all set up there. And then I think you combine that with the growth. I think you combine that with um, the operation. I think you also combine that with what we believe we can bring to hockey. And I think that that is something that, that we've, we've sat and looked at and said, Hey, um, you know, we want to, we want to give back more than we take. And I believe if you look at the junior jazz program, the youth movement, how we can help grow the game, um, our proximity to a bunch of teams in Canada, mm. right. Um, which is unique. Um, I think it all, it all works. And I think, um, Gary Bettman and, um, our friends over at the NHL have seen that as well. And so I think that they see the vision. They've watched what we've been able to do um, with SEG. And um, I think they're equally as excited to say, hey, this does make sense. Now's the time. How do we go get there? What's the timeline for that? Or is there one yet? I mean, that's that's always uh, an interesting question. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of expansion talk. Um, you know, we we definitely formalize this last month our interest there and i think that um 
you know, NHL responded with their interest, which I think is very unique, very, very unique with them actually releasing a statement saying, hey, we want to be a part of it. Um, I think the question is like, how, how do we make that happen? And um, we're here to support the NHL. They, they have a lot of opportunity around. I think we've expressed our interest. I think we know that it will be successful and we'll let them sort out how they make that happen. Whatever we do will be absolutely something that everyone is super proud of. So the thing that stands out about that sound clip is ice time. They need to have a building that allows ice time and basketball time. I went to Washington, D.C., and that arena looks built for hockey. That arena has the specs great for an NHL franchise. And it makes sense. They have one of the best players in the world, Ovechkin. They won a Stanley Cup. They have a community that cares about hockey. And then the basketball is secondary. That's not great for a place like here where basketball is huge in the community. You look at the Delta Center, that place is built for basketball. And I've been to the Frozen Fury where like, they need to retrofit it for hockey. It's a fine experience, but it's not the best NHL experience. It's not at the point where I think Ryan would love to have it. So when you think about what the future is, what you've got in terms of NHL and NBA, downtown Salt Lake City appears to be the place. And they want to make it an area where not only it's just the arena, but it's like the Deer District is attracting people to that area for not just the basketball game. But man tweets, and it's news. Taylor Hendricks, he has 23 games left on the runway to show what he has. And it's been flashes. That's been the story of his first year in the NBA. Goes to G League, he's playing 30 minutes a night to where now he's on an NBA rotation and can you guard Kevin Durant, Brandon Miller, Victor Wembanyama. Sunday was really cool. I mean, let's let's talk about how not only did Taylor Hendricks stand Victor up a couple times, like that was really indicative of what he's able to do at this level. Like he held Victor for a moment, allowed Colin Sexton to dig and forced a lefty hook that John Collins secures for a rebound. That's huge. But Victor is not of this world. And you really get that in person, seeing him. He's so huge. His pregame warm-up is attended by everybody. Everybody's transfixed on this dude. And he has that that it factor that makes you want to pay attention to him. On top of all the crazy things that he does on the floor. He had the extension dunk where he started jumping outside the painted area. John Collins is right. This guy is not from France. He's from Mars. And he's doing it without a point guard averaging 20 points per game. He is that good. And if you want to see him in March, definitely take that opportunity to see Victor Wembanyama in person. He is one of the top players that you want to see when he comes to your town. Back to Hendricks, though. 
he's guarding all, all these guys. And the reason why he's guarding them is because that's his specialty and that's the thing that he was drafted on as part of his special skill. His NBA skill, his defense. Every single team is looking for a long, athletic, wing, big type. Think Siakam. Wings. You want athleticism at that position. And Taylor Hendricks shows that, projects to that. Jalen Johnson is a good example in Atlanta. I don't expect you to be entirely clued up on him because it's Atlanta. It's not like they're this fantastic team. But he went from a first year where he's playing 20-ish games, not getting a lot of playing time. He gets to the second year, he's averaging five points a game. And then this year, he's averaging 15 points and actually being a difference maker on the floor. He didn't even play a full year at Duke. He ended his season early. And you hear from people in the front office, Taylor Hendricks, baby deer, he's got the profile, now he's getting the reps. That starting lineup of him, John Collins, Lowry Markkinen, Colin Sexton, Keontae George, they haven't even played 40 minutes together. They are very early on their development of how are we going to play together, what's what's the right combination, where do I stand, what do I do, but it's that defensive thing that he brings. Listen to what Will had to say about Taylor at Atlanta. Taylor's number one thing has to be focus on his defensive assignment. I recognize that he's getting put on a variety of players. You know, the last three games, it's been Brandon Miller, Wembenyama, and now Bogdanovich. I recognize that those three people are very different, but to be the type of defensive player that we want Taylor to be, he's going to have to be able to take on a variety of matchups. And so his first focus is that. His second focus is being somebody that is unbearable for the other team to play against from an energy standpoint. I thought tonight he didn't do as good of a job crashing the offensive glass as he had done in the previous two games. I think the Charlotte game in particular, that's kind of how he got himself going was a couple of those tip-ins in the second half. Um, And so those two things are what I'm looking for first and foremost from Taylor. I think he's actually done a pretty good job adjusting to his role offensively. I think he's been relatively disciplined with his spacing. Um, And I think the shots that he's taken offensively have made sense. Um, Makes and misses are not really my concern today. It's about taking the right shots, and I think he's done that. But defensive assignment and his energy are going to be, you know, my biggest focus is for him as we close the year. Hey, big day for us in the sicko community. You're a basketball sicko for listening to this podcast, but but Will admitted to being a sicko too. I'm a basketball sicko. Not that I question it, not that I thought he wasn't a sicko, but it's always good to get confirmation. I'm a basketball sicko. Finally, Quinn Snyder. Quinn coached against the Jazz for the first time on Tuesday since he joined Atlanta. And it brought back the memories of what he's about, what it was like to cover him, what it was like to cover his teams. And I tried to sum it up very efficiently on the radio. He coached Utah to a top five defense, 
version of the team and do a top five offense version of the team. Tell me how many coaches can do that. Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert and Joe Johnson, of all people, ended the Lob City Clippers. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, they earned the best record in the league. Jordan Clarkson was his sixth man of the year. Jordan Clarkson, here. That much of a gunner. That guy was the best sixth man in the NBA. He should be remembered as a high-caliber coach. And don't just believe me, his peers think that, GMs think that. Every year he would be regularly ranked as one of the top coaches in the league in the GM survey. Tyrese Halliburton, like even this month, Tyrese Halliburton on J.J. Reddick's podcast is calling out a Atlanta Hawks set that he had never seen before and is geeking out about it. Shout out Caitlin Cooper. That's how much respect he has in the league. Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. That's the open. Now I want to give you a couple of best hits on radio. I did radio for Jazz Hawks last night, KSL Sports Zone. I'll be on the radio on Saturday. I'll also be doing TV on Saturday. Watch that on Jazz Plus, KJazz, everywhere, wherever you watch. Just check it out. But I'll also be doing radio and... I thought I had a couple really good segments with Jake Scott. He's on the radio on the KSL Sports Zone, 10 to noon, if you want to catch him. But I got into BYU hoops. Early draft profile on Jackson Robinson. I know people care about that dude. Immediate reaction from the game. Hearing from Keontae George. Some of the best clips I had from the radio. And uh, I'm sure I'll get into more fun this Saturday. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Tough night for the Utah Jazz. Did not shoot the ball well. 37% from the field. Just 11 of 38 from three. Meanwhile, the Hawks, uh, 49.5%. 37.5% from three, JP, 12 of 32. And I think there are a variety of reasons the shots didn't go in for the Jazz tonight, but uh, they certainly didn't. They did not. And this is one where you have to get back to flushing this one out because Orlando has a top five defense. When you're you're going out to Orlando, they're playing at home. They are really adept on the perimeter. They've got a dogged defender in Jalen Suggs. And... They've figured things out, at least on that end, to where they can play really competent basketball defensively. Utah's got to figure out ways to get through their offense because that's been a little bit of a struggle post-trade uh, deadline. It has been. Yeah, well, I thought you made a good point earlier in the show. I mean, it seems like Will Hardy's been coaching here for almost two years, but he's had four different teams in those two years. I thought it was a really good point by you. And it's not like... You know, Simone Fontecchio and Kelly Olenek were, you know, uh, and Ochai, don't mean to be, leave him out, were the, were the best players on the team. But they played critical roles, and they definitely led to wins um, for the Jazz by the way they played, and specifically ball movement. So, 
they're going to have to figure out how to play offense again. And these rookie uh, rookie players for the Jazz now getting uh, more and more minutes, they've got to figure out really their whole game, where they fit, where they got to go. Where is Taylor Hendricks's head at? How how does he go from I'm a G League player getting 30 minutes a night to a different role where you're in the 2025 range as an NBA rotation player? And oh, by the way, can you guard Victor Wembanyama for me? Can you guard Kevin Durant in your very first game as a real part of the rotation for me? Yeah, he, he'll have a really bright spot where he blocks KD, and then on the other end, the ensuing possession, he gets crossed up. Those failures for people like this who are high-functioning, I've succeeded my entire life all the way to the NBA, to have to go through failure now, Like these are the learning moments that you get to see and you get to watch and get to document that you say this is the beginning of something or at least you hope it's the beginning of something because there's a lot of potential in there and a lot of potential for a 6-9 forward in Taylor Hendricks man I just saw uh, online and we'll get some more sound here in a second but uh, Mark Pope walking into the locker room to the the water you know the players jumping around and all that is BYU if you're just joining us BYU beat Kansas on the road tonight which is in Lawrence in Lawrence first time they've lost in Lawrence I I don't have the number in front of me now but it was like 2,215 days crazy which is uh which is amazing but that's got to be a really cool feeling right to go in that locker room after a win like that and having the team pretty fired up that's got to be pretty awesome yeah because uh I don't know what your expectations for that team were in the Big 12 low but one of the best basketball conferences in the country. I don't know if I had any indicators that this would be it no. in year one of a new conference, a uh, power five conference, right? You're making the step up from the WCC. I think it's the best league. And I know you and I are both kind of ACC guys, but I think it's a better league than the ACC. Oh, it's better than the ACC, but like the big 10, big Ten's a good com- conference. It's better than the big 10. It's better, it's better than the big East too. It I is. think it's the best. It is. It is this year. And it, and it has been at least for a couple of years. Cause they have champions come out of there. Right. Kansas Baylor is always a contender. You know, they know what they're doing in this conference. And for Mark Pope to get this done. Wow. That's Amazing. impressive. It's it really is. impressive. Cool. He deserves that water bath from his, uh, from his team. And he might have a, Late first round, second round pick on the team, Jackson Robinson. I've Who heard, was great tonight. I've heard his name a lot as a really good movement shooter. Can I mean, that's what he projects as, as a 3 and D-ish player. A lot of people like him in the way that he plays. So not to get distracted by the college basketball, but man, that's that's a really, really great win. Amazing. Huge, huge for him. All right, let's get back out to Atlanta. It's time now to hear from Keontae George. Well, I just got to get back in transition. Uh, you know, as a team, um, flexibly, um, got to gain a rebound, got to communicate better on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, when the ball is caught at a hoop, we got to figure out ways for to help the team find energy, help the ball find energy. Uh, but if you go back to the drawing board, you know, got to get back in transition. That's the main thing, though. Atlanta had 25 points off 16 turnovers. How do you clean that up? Simple answer is take care of the basketball, but... Um, you know, being strong with the basketball. Um, I mean, making the right reads, um, being aggressive. Um, you know, I feel like all of us, you know, look to score. Because, um, you know, um, when when guys look to score, everything kind of opens up. Um, so I think, you know, ball security and, you know, really, um, you know, cherishing, you know, possessions and, 
really locked in on executing and, you know, finishing plays. How did you guys get off to a better start than you did tonight? Uh, I think we just got to, I mean, easy answer. We got to start fast. We got to have intention. We got to, you know, think about the game before we get to the arena. We got to be locked in the whole day. I think it, I think that's where it starts. I think it starts to shoot around. Um, we have a good shoot around. Things, good things will carry over. So I think um, we just got to continue to, you know, buy into what we want to do offensively and defensively. You know, because I think what we're doing is 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 great. So we just got to continue to figure it out. And you know, when we when we see good things happen, we got to make sure they carry over to the next game. Prior to this year, you hadn't had a lot of experience playing like full time point guard. What is your comfort level on the ball right now after a few fights? Uh, I would say there's always room for improvement. But I think as far as you know, how I feel I feel very comfortable. I think I got to get on my comfort zone when it comes to using my voice. Uh, I got to continue to use my voice. Um, I feel like I took it a big step. I'm in that direction, but it's still you know. I'm very uncomfortable at times. You know, I think, you know, we talked before about talking to older guys. I mean, this is naturally, you know, you kind of want to not step on anybody's toes, you know, even outside of basketball. So I think um, that area and, you know, the constant communication with Will back and forth, you know, looking at him, seeing what he wants, um, you know, and also he's asking me, you know, what I see and what I think will work. So I think just the constant communication between me and him, um, not that my communication level got to be at an all-time high. Um, you know, in you know games like this, to start off tonight at zero, um, I think we talked about it. we got a, somebody in here has to you know be the ones you know calm us down, figure us back, and you know I think with me that's the next part of my development is taking on that role, and you know even coming back in the halftime, um, being the one to you know, stand up and you know see what, you know say what I see, and also um, you know motivate and you know get guys back on track. There is Keontae George. Keontae tonight, JP, 14 points on 5 of 15 shooting, 6 assists, and a rebound. He had two turnovers. The Jazz uh, had 18 total turnovers as uh, a team tonight. And, yeah, I I think Keontae continues to play well. He just needs to start shooting better at some point. Yeah, and he's getting a lot of reps on the ball. You look it up as uh, touches per game for rookies. He's second in the league behind Scoot Henderson. Huh. He touches per game. And... That's what really good players, really good processors, really good decision makers, they get to touch the ball a lot. They they get those on-the-ball reps. And as much as the two turnovers are a small number, it's a part of him to keep them going and get them in the offense beyond that. The other turnovers are on him as well because he has to be the commanding force to get everybody in the right position, make sure the spacing's all right so that they can get to secondary actions. And so... When he passes the ball off and John Collins commits a turnover, he's putting him in a good spot to succeed. He definitely needs to see the ball go through the hoop. I thought that the Warriors game was such a good point in the right direction. You could see how many opportunities he was getting because the big was in drop. And so he could just rise up and shoot that ball over the top and make it. But now teams are playing a little bit closer. So you, your shot's not going to be right there off the pick and roll, which is a more difficult way to process the game. How do I get off of this so that I can step my own shot up? Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. 
They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jets. You know, I don't know if we can expect the Jazz to shoot the ball this poorly going down the stretch, but maybe this is kind of what we expect out of uh, the last part of this year. Some ups and some downs, some young players, some struggles, some victories, but uh, maybe not as consistently good as we've seen at other times this year. It's definitely not going to be as consistent as you found it during the good stretch December into January. Yeah. Because that team had... That whole November that they worked out kinks, decided to go in one way of offense, and they really figured it out. They had time to breathe together and and get to a point where it looked really good, really competent, really flowing offensively and getting into a rhythm. You're back at square one. You've handed, you've fully handed the keys to Keontae George, who's on top of the ball so much, getting guys organized, figuring things out. And that is the key to this second half of the season. The rookies and the young players figuring it out. How much of an immediate impact player is Taylor Hendricks going to be? Is Bryce Sensabaugh going to play himself into minutes heading into next year? Where is Keontae in terms of his decision-making and figuring it out? Because while you didn't see him as a point guard at Baylor... In his amateur AAU career, that's all that he was playing. And at his age level, that's all that he was doing. And he was doing it at a very high level. What happened to Baylor, he was playing alongside upperclassmen where he has to take a, a second seat. And that's why he's not being the point guard. Now as the lead guard for this Jazz team, he's getting a lot of those reps. And you're seeing him go along as this team has gone along. And now figure out in those last 20 games how how much he needs to bring into year two when he, he's here next season. If you're just joining us, Colin Sexton led the way for the Jazz tonight with 22 points. He had three assists, a rebound, and uh, six steals. He shot eight of 16 from the field. Uh, Keontae George had 14. He had six assists, five of 15 for the field. Walker Kessler with 14 and 12, a double-double for Walker. He also had two blocks in uh, in 30 minutes. Uh, Lowry Markkinen with just 11 points tonight on four of 13 shooting. Uh, the other young players, JP, uh, eight points for Taylor Hendricks, eight rebounds. He had an assist and a couple of steals. He was three of eight from the field, two of four from three. And then Bryce Sensbaugh had uh, two of five in 17 minutes, two of four from three. He had six uh, points and did uh, grab one rebound. So keeping eye, an eye on the production uh, for the young players. For Atlanta, they were led by uh, Jalen Johnson, who was great. Nine of 14 shooting, 22 points, 13 boards. Six assists. He did have five turnovers, but we'll ignore that for the moment. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 19. Uh, DeAndre Hunter had 20 in 28 minutes coming in off the bench. And DeJounte Murray with a nice game, 17 points, 11 assists, and uh, four rebounds for him. I don't know if I'm a believer in this Atlanta team, uh, JP, probably far from it. 
But they didn't play bad tonight. They didn't. And the Jazz, unfortunately, did on their end. Like, they didn't play to the level that they had against the Spurs. Or I, I even think that they played to the same offensive level against Charlotte, where they had some really good shots, but they couldn't hit them. Uh, to that degree, like, I was impressed by Colin Sexton. Because that, I don't know if he's played himself into being a linchpin core guy that Justin Zanuck talks about when he's discussing who we're building around. But this was a pretty mature performance from him to realize that this team need a little extra juice and try to provide that and shoot and try to find his his, uh, driving lanes in a game that was pretty clunky. That was really professional by him to to get that 20 points, something that he's been doing as a starter ever since that he joined that first five group. He's really impressed me. And I don't know if you made the comment on air, but the turnaround that Will and everybody has had on that guy has been super impressive yeah. and a credit to his work because there was a different sense of that player October 1 to where you are now close to March 1. Yep. The thought on Colin Sexton has changed dramatically and that's a good thing for him because he he's finally getting a string of games together and being healthy on the floor he wasn't that last year no and he's starting to get things together and in the right direction